Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. We're live. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Clitera. <laughs> this is a special two-parter pod set with one of our favorite new shows, Dear yes. Jessamine. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So Jessamine Stanley is a cannabis medicine activist, pleasure seeker, and believer in all that is good and evil. They just, her and Ash, her co-host, just wrapped their first podcast season. Dear Jessamine, polyamory isn't for everybody. It was amazing. Thank you. And <laughs> it's so good. And you guys just launched season yes. two, yes. right? Yes. Available everywhere that podcasts can be found. Absolutely. Dear Jessamine. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So it's it's your lucky week, Clitorati, because we've jam-packed the sex edutainment on our two shows simultaneously. It's basically a poly podcast I mean, we love real and virtual play parties. Nice. We, you know, when the pandemic hit, me and Sugar tried to have a Zorgi. It was a little weird, but also a little fun. Hey, that's a bad <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate that, that. Yeah, we're going to wait for details. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the monogamous one, but I like I'm the monogamous person who like loves poly people and like can actually have a conversation of non-judgmental conversation okay. about it. So yeah. I am an so ally. She's an ally and it's mine and Sugar's job to make her uncomfortable and now it is your job to make her well, uncomfortable. Well, I think that I at least no. am one of the poly people that like all of my friends are monogamous. So I don't know, maybe I'm mm-hmm. like the other yeah. side of the spectrum. Do mm-hmm. you do you have a lot of poly friends or would you say so? Mm-hmm. Uh I think a lot of my friends dabble. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a whole That's other... A, I dabble, literally. There's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would not consider myself Polly. I'm definitely more of like a, a player. Not, not a, <laughs> a, a player. An enjoyer like a, da- like a dabbler. Like I like a to... A dabbler? An enjoyer It's Gemini yeah, season I do what I feel all the, the time. In oh my God. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I feel that. I reserve the right to change my opinion on a daily yeah, basis. As you should. Absolutely. <laughs> Fluid is the future. I feel like I'm... I'm the kind of person that all of my monogamous friends interview me about being poly because they might want to be. Literally. I yes. feel like I've converted some people. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I've actually Hashtag um, no unconverted cult, some people. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like when people, especially straight people, for some reason, come to me and they're like, okay, so me and my whomever want to like do some poly. I'm always like, you just are you sure you don't want to just break up? No. if you really are just trying to break up, that's a whole other conversation. Save okay. yourself some time. Totally. So I love this. So I want to jump right in because one of your episodes in season one, and I love this, is like, am I poly or am I bored? Right? <laughs> bored. <laughs> Oh, and, we, and we were talking about it before the episode. Tell us, tell us, tell us about that episode and that concept because I think you're sort of just starting to dive into that. And I, I just want to refer people to that episode because it was hilarious. Uh, am I poly or am I bored? Is it that the? Was it when the the two women were like, we're friends and we both have husbands, but we kind of want to hook up? I don't remember the exact situation, but what I do know about am I poly or am I bored is that that as a concept is like 
the root of a lot of people seeking out some sort of expansive relationship model. And it's coming from like, you know, like, do I, am mm-hmm. I looking for more in my life mm-hmm. or, and, but the other side of that is like, maybe you're just bored. Like, like if you're in a relationship and you're like, maybe we should open the relationship. That sounds like something that might've been the topic that, yeah. of that episode. For but sure. the, mm-hmm. the situation being like, I'm in a relationship with someone and we're really in love, but there's this other person or I'm curious or something is happening. Should I, should we open our relationship? Should I check out what's going on with that? Or should y'all just maybe break up and you should move on with your life and do something <laughs> And I think that like that, it it pushes up against all these questions of like why we're in relationships mm-hmm. and what we seek from other people. Mm. And like, it's not, I often find truly that polyamory has little to nothing to do with sex and relationships mm-hmm. and really just has a lot to do with radical honesty and just telling people mm. exactly how you feel and what you need. And I don't even, so that I'm like, Fuck if you yeah. feel like, you know, that there's any part of you that is just really unsatisfied in the relationship that you're currently in, doesn't mean that you need to get in another relationship. It just means you need to maybe take a look at your life. And yeah, see well, also, mm-hmm. like, are you unsatisfied with yourself? Like, what are, right. you know what I'm saying? What are you doing the to actual issue? Yeah, what are you doing to fill your mm-hmm. own cup up? Like, why is it somebody else's responsibility? And if it mm-hmm. is, cool, but did you think about it? Or are you just going off of what your parents did or whatever? You know, I think that's part yeah. of the question, mm-hmm. too. yeah. You gotta ask. Yeah, very well said. I I totally agree. We we've had this conversation before. Like Polly Amory literally translates to multi love, and how much of anyone's relationship or their primary relationship is actually about right, sex? Right, right, a small percentage. Like, right. How much of it is really about right. the sex? Right. Um, and so both of you consider yourself Polly, yes, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey mm. into it and mm. how how is that? What's your conclusion? What Where are you at with mm. it now? Do you want me to start? If you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that like the first real concrete, I know that I never thought of partnership and when I was a teenager wanting a girlfriend, it, it was always sort of expansive and I didn't really know what that meant because I didn't have one. But when I did start dating, my first like real serious um, girlfriend was also in college. And so she would come, I was in high school. So she would come home on breaks and things like that. And we would hook up and have fun and get to know each other. But when she went back, she would fuck everybody in college. So it, it just never was an issue. <laughs> I never really thought about like, why wouldn't she do that? Um, it never really came up for me. And I think as the years have gone on, my like, je- I didn't really used to have or experience jealousy. I think I just was really secure in myself in some ways. But uh, mm. that, you know, that changes, it turns out. As you get older, some different mm. anxieties show up and different insecurities, trauma happens, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it was really interesting. My starting point was just that I never really, I always thought, I just always was, basically. Like I did, I did, I thought it would be weird not to be. So wait, so let me, this is something interesting too, because I feel like so many people have different definitions mm. of mm-hmm. what polyamory mm-hmm. is. What is both of... Let me tack that on as well. Like, what is both of yours personal definition of what polyamory actually is? I mean, okay. Walk with me here. I really just think that polyamory actually means 
like a um, relationships that are based in freedom, that are freedom-based. It's not about ownership. It's not about mm-hmm. rules. It's not about holding someone back. It's not about telling someone how to be or what they're doing wrong. It's literally about like living your mm-hmm. life and seeking your truth next to somebody else. And it's mm-hmm. poly because that can be many somebody mm-hmm. else's, mm-hmm. but there's just really no limit mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what that could look like. Yeah, and if I could tack on to that, mm-hmm. I feel like any relationship that I'm ever in will have to be polyamorous because the first relationship that I'm in is with myself. And I think that a lot of times monogamy does not make space for that. Monogamy is saying you should be seeking yourself through another human being and trying to Mm. find definition that way. And I feel like... I'm sorry. I have goosebumps right now. It's a thing. I mean, like, I think that we're all so... I mean, so this is your poly origin story is that you're, you pretty much always were. Yeah. I am the exact opposite. I was definitely like conditioned to be monogamous. Like my parents are very much still like, together. They're still together. They, and I mean, really they modeled monogamy. I think they model monogamy in a really beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, though I mm. do think that, and this is, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but I do think that, There's many different definitions of polyamory. And I think that Mm -hmm. even if you are in what seems to be a monogamous relationship, that doesn't necessarily mean that you only have one partner. Like, I think there are many people who could be in a relationship, but not trying to define their relationship in terms of my definition of polyamory. My parents Mm -hmm. are monogamous. They model monogamy. I thought that's what relationships were supposed to be. I always sought that out. and um, But I was always invariably... (laughs) unfaithful to all of my partners. And it wasn't even about them. It was never about them. It was never anything happening in the relationship. I mean, like it was on the surface, but it was always me seeking something else. And it just got to a place where I thought, I can't, I don't want to just be lying to people all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and I can just, Mm. when I enter into a relationship, say what I need and what I need is to have the freedom to be with whoever I need to be with. Mm -hmm. And so I came out as, well, first I uh, came out as what I defined non-monogamous. And this was uh, a little over, like barely over a decade ago. And um, I started seeing my partner who I still live with. We have been together for the vast majority of that time, about a decade. And um, in that time, I've been in many different relationships in addition to that relationship. And um, I've learned a lot about like, I think that when, when you say you're polyamorous, people think that you're just, like, fucking everybody. Swinging like, from know, the chandeliers. Literally, you are swinging <laughs> yeah. from the chandeliers. <laughs> the chandeliers. And I am just, like, I have, I know that there is a capacity on the number of people that I can even share any amount of intimacy with. And I know what mm. that number is. And mm. even beyond that, like, it's really not about sex, ultimately. Like, I, I kind of have sex like a snake. Like, I feel like I can have, like, a good amount and then just be, like, I'm chilling. I can just go on about my life. Because yeah. there's so... And I say, this to, <laughs> I say this to her all the time. I feel like in my work, I'm having sex with the world all the time. And so it's hard to be, like, focused in this one specific way. Mm. But so it really... The way that 
polyamory shows up for me is in the way that I communicate with my partners about what I need and who I'm with and just trying to be as honest Mm. as possible, even when that honesty means that they are hurt by what I've said or um, it it doesn't Mm -hmm. make them feel good. Communication is one of the what is a huge theme of our our podcast communication and healing I would say so I have I have I guess I have two questions for you wrapped up in there both of you are so well spoken you're very outspoken about your needs and your desires and your identity and you do it in a communicate like in a way that communication really works you know part of our podcast and with our listeners which we call our clitorati mm. shout out to hey, the clitorati love that subtle. you know. <laughs> We um, we share our life, but you guys are sharing your life and so that they can heal with us, right? So were you always this outspoken about your needs? What has been your journey into this realm about your needs and desires and communication? Have you always been this way? And then it seems like now you're in a place where communication comes to you in a certain way. Like, what are your best communication mm, tips? Oh my God. Um, I would say that I have not always been good at communicating. And I think it, it, I think there are a lot of partners who, if, if any of them are in the clitorati listening, they would agree to that point <laughs> that I have not had great communication. And um, I think that even now, I it's so interesting um, growing and evolving in other relationships and then still being with the same person Mm -hmm. since my early 20s because we, I realized the ways in Mm. which our communication was stunted from the beginning and that as you are growing with other people, you learn like, oh, this is how you should communicate with people. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just be direct. Just tell the Mm. truth. Oh, wow. That level of the truth? Okay. And then like looking back at the Mm. other relationship and being like, oh shit, we can be direct like that in this relationship too. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just a process of, for me, just accepting the places where I have not been as clear as I could have been. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and owning it and not making it about the other person. And um, that's probably, I mean, there's so many different communication tips. But mm-hmm. I think my yeah. one of my biggest ones overall is just trying not to make my shit about somebody else. That like mm-hmm. it's not, and that it's mm-hmm. nobody else's responsibility to carry my shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. There, I just, there's just so many, but one that's coming to me is, I think it's coming to me because I haven't been practicing it for the last couple of weeks, but um, I know that I need to like exercise really hard and clean my body and like, you know, cause like you'll get in a work rut and we don't go to work anymore. You know, you work from home. Like sometimes you don't shower for a couple of days, you know, cause you'll just be busy. <laughs> but like, you know, it really, it takes a toll on me to not be caring for myself and to not be putting, and it, you know, I'm sort of mm. not really interested in it sounding selfish. I don't really care. But I think that like there are just this, there's an amount of time I need to spend completely devoted to myself mm-hmm. or else I cannot communicate well. Totally. And it includes mm-hmm. exercise. It includes, you know, eating vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? It includes sleep, which is hard to come by sometimes. Um, but it uh, it's like every day Ugh, is a new day. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. You tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I... Oh, go well, ahead. No, please. Oh, no, no, you, no go ahead. I say, like, that, I think, in the category of, like, having that first relationship be with yourself, like, that is something that is just so underestimated. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
when you're not taking care of yourself, then you then the immediate next step is to blame it on the person that you are closest to. Mm-hmm. That like that's why it's not yeah. Happening. Or if you're not listening to yourself, to like for me, I talk a lot because I'm an external processor, and if I'm well spoken, mm. just because I have a lot of practice. Um, <laughs> no, so it's I'm not everybody's jam to too. listen to my in. Say that again. Sugar. I'm an external processor Wait, too. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Yes, she is. She is. Some totally people don't is. prefer to hear your whole situation. I've learned. I know. It's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm like shocked. Literally. <laughs> but so, yeah. I still need to do it. So if I'm not spending enough time with myself to be able to figure out how to do that, when I'm alone, it's typically through writing. Oh. But if I'm not, if I don't know what I'm thinking, how could I communicate what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like I need certain yeah. things. Some people don't need to externally process or write in order to know where they're coming from. I do. It's taken me 30 plus years to be like, you just do. It's cool. Some people have very long legs. They need extra room. I need extra time. You know what I'm saying? So it's cool. Totally. It's not <laughs> my oh, this. dancer legs. You see. He needs extra room. As a fellow sure. poly, well, as a fellow poly um, cohort on this planet, um, I love the way you created what poly is energetically, like as mm-hmm. a vibration. Um, I've had it, found it. Uh, interesting at times to put into words. Um, but the way you two did, I was so moved. Like the whole time I was just like, I felt like I was like levitating. I was like smiling. I was like, fuck yeah, because Hell yeah. people do misunderstand it. And it's such a beautiful opportunity. And someone, I was um, slut shamed, cyber hacked on MySpace when I was uh, 12 years old going into eighth grade. And like everybody in high school and their siblings knew who I was before I even stepped into ninth grade. So it's been a really beautiful healing journey for me mm-hmm. to step into poly to like face that um, shame, that that underlying unprocessed shame around mm-hmm. my own shame toward myself, around being feared of seeing as being seen as a slut. Mm-hmm. Oof. That- I also want to put in for our monogamous listeners is that this it's possible to like do all of that in a monogamous Absolutely. relationship as well. Literally. And I love what you said earlier literally. about like even in monogamy, literally. <laughs> Um, it's it, the relationship with yourself is often uh, stigmatized mm-hmm. actually in a monogamous relationship. And that's something that we've talked a lot about in breaking through and like really encouraging men and women to have well, relationships with themselves. I think that we just keep mm-hmm. coming back to that. But wait, let me ask you, Katie, now yeah. hearing that if you're in a relationship with yourself, you're a poly, are you I mean, I've heard, that you're poly now? I've heard two things, the relationship with myself and a relationship with my clitorati and my husband. I mean, I think that does make me poly. I think Katie's coming out as poly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, when it. she you says it, she converts people, <laughs> this is really what she means. <laughs> she just converted Hell. you. What's up, clitorati? You've heard about our Confidence Under the Covers workshop. It starts tomorrow. You have three opportunities, September 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, September 2nd at 6 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and September 8th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is for you busy vulva owners who weren't able to do the five-day. We condensed that course into a 90-minute version of this workshop. So if you want confidence under the covers, we'll be giving you three shortcuts to eliminate self-sabotage, revive your deepest desires, and supercharge your pleasure. And if you come to one of the webinars and you stay until the end, you will be entered to win the a free Vush Empress 2. We will be giving it away on the end of the day, September 8th, when our workshops are over. So sign up at clittalkshow.com backslash confidence.
Love is I mean, love is so abundant. It's a it's an expansion conversation, not a scarcity conversation. Right. And I think that's one of the mm-hmm. things when I talk to people, people are like, "How do you not like get jealous?" And I'm like, "It's not that. It's I can have anxiety that comes up, but that's my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's my shit to work out. Like you said, to mm-hmm. be conscious of part of being poly is also exercising this like spiritual muscle of not projecting our shit literally. onto others because it's literally a pressure cooker where like all the shit comes up, the fear, the jealousy, the like the, you know, body shaming, mm-hmm. um, slut shaming. And like at the end of the day, that, that is what we're, our own shame we're putting on ourselves, our own self judgment, you know? Um, so I, I really I'm fucking love how you're creating Polly. I'm like newly inspired of how to like verbalize it to people. Cause I was, I made a joke in the beginning of this episode of like, I feel like I convert people. Right. But what it really is, is I, I'm such a space for people. Like I hold space mm-hmm. for a conversations about relationships. What I find is like, anytime I'm in conversation with anybody, we're talking about relationships, mm-hmm. business, but also <laughs> that just shows up. Relationships. For yeah. But relationships. Like it's, I've been a clearing yeah. for, that recently a lot. And and people are like, well, how do you know if it's poly or non-monogamy? And, um, you know, I'm like, it's an energy. It's like a way of being. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a paradigm essentially. Absolutely. Of relating. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that what happens, the, part of the reason that I feel like I can agree with you so clearly and wholeheartedly is that like, it's also my definition of queer. And so I came out as queer super young and well, I came out as, um, Gay, lesbian, and then bi, mm-hmm. and then lesbian. No, nah, I don't know that I ever actually. You I was no, lesbian. No, I was like a dyke because yeah. I was already oh, in the no, community, totally. you know. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. lesbian was sort of like a auntie word, you know. Oh, no. like it was a generation or two ahead. Anyway, ever we were cooler. I agree. I have more than that. I'm totally. not anymore. Now I'm all of it. Every single word you could use to describe somebody who's I would take straight. Sometimes I mean, it doesn't really fit, but I don't really like. Which leads me back to <laughs> queer and how my poly is so queer. And it means both really expansive and freedom focused, but also literally anything. Like it's what you are. There's as many ways to be queer as there are people, I think, queer people. Yeah. So yeah, same with totally. And, and And I love that one of the things you were talking about is taking care mm. of yourself and, and your physical body. And one of the things that is a really huge conversation for us and our listeners and something that I struggle with is body image, right? Loving Mm -hmm. your body, just the way that it is. And I know that both of you are huge advocates of that conversation. Um, And one of the things that I love that you've started, Mm -hmm. Jessamine, is yoga for all Mm -hmm. bodies. Can you tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. that, the ethos behind that, what inspired it? You know, I have to tell you, I never aspired to teach yoga and I never thought about even now, I don't think of myself as teaching like yoga, like that is specifically like body positive, like all like all inclusive. <laughs> I don't think of it that way at all. And I recognize that like that's how it's shown to the world. And that's that's how we have to frame it from a marketing standpoint. Mm, but marketing. Yeah, but I it. feel yep. like yoga is beyond what our bodies look like. It is beyond the how old you are on this day. It's beyond what your body looks like and how it moves today. Yoga goes with you throughout your life in every part of your life, not just 
your physical practice of the postures, but the way that you engage with other human beings. In so many ways, I think that our conversations about polyamory are a part of my, I mean, I think that my partners are my yoga teachers. Like this practice, Mm -hmm. the the, uh, balancing, the bringing together of the light and the dark, it is something that happens for all human beings at every single point in our lives. And so to me, to share yoga with other people and to practice with others is not ever going to be about like one body type being correct or there's being one way to do it because every way is perfect and every person is practicing the way they need to practice. And I will say, though, that that understanding of yoga is so far in the opposite direction of the way that yoga is portrayed in the Mm -hmm. mainstream. The way that yoga Mm -hmm. is typically Mm -hmm. shown is that it is for thin, able-bodied, wealthy white people who have the time and space to really give a fuck about spirituality as a concept or (laughs) gymnastics as a concept, calling it yoga, like whatever, you know? And I think that because Mm -hmm. of that, it seems like what I'm doing is like, really different or like that it's so it's like wow this is yoga's for everybody and I'm like yeah yoga's for everybody it's really doesn't matter what you look like um because it will work for you it will go with your lifestyle but um it's (laughs) yeah yeah well and I have to say like you you putting that message out there that all types of exercise are for all types of bodies made a difference for me because you know, before the pandemic hit, I was a CrossFit mm, chick, yeah. you know, and I was doing CrossFit. And then last year hit and I stopped. <laughs> I was, you know, there was no going to the gym. I've gained the COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's this literally this part of my brain that's like, well, I need to lose the weight at home mm. before I can go in public mm. and go back to the gym and have my, my crew of my gym people see what happened oh, yeah. to me. There's like this embarrassment Mm -hmm. around weight gain and body size. Do you guys have any thoughts or advice on that? I'm actually writing an article right now about this exact topic. And I literally, because I do think that, um, yeah, the pandemic has been so interesting. It has brought so many different things to the surface. And I think that the fact that body shame is experienced by a lot of people is one of the things that's come to the surface. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's like, 50% 50% of your CrossFit crew is feeling the exact same way that you are Real feeling talk. that they're like, they're home like, shit, I, can't go I was eating Doritos and white bread. They're for like never going to understand why. No one's going to get it. And the reality is like, we were all in the pandemic too. Like everybody's yeah. got it. And I think that yeah. we forget that the human experience is complicated and it is chaotic. And it's supposed to be. Mm. And that our bodies are supposed to change. Mm-hmm. That's, it's not supposed to always be the same. And that mm. no matter how hard you work to keep it being one way, it's still going to change. It's gonna, at a minimum, it's going to get older. So it's like, I think that really, well, the biggest thing, honestly, I think is filtering out anyone who makes you feel bad about yourself like Mm. any any noise Mm. that is like and I think that the first place that I think to purge people and purge uh 
ideologies is social media. Mm-hmm. And it's like going through everyone that you follow and being like, not this person, not this person, not this person. Like, and then it's everybody in your personal life. Like literally ever who this person talks shitty about themselves. Mute. This person, Mute. you're done. And it sucks <laughs> yeah. because it's always the people that we love the most. And it's the people that we don't want to let go of. But one of the things that I noticed the most in my own body liberation journey has been really seeing the impact that other people's opinions have on my own. Mm. That I get totally... Mm consumed by thinking about what other people think and wanting to be acceptable to other people and really just noticing the way that the people who are closest to me talk about themselves and then seeing that that is how I am then going to talk about myself. It makes it a little bit easier to start to just filter out the noise and, and move beyond that. And then after that, it's like, so okay can I, I just say one thing no please I think it doesn't even really need to be about like shade it's not even like mm. a judgment call it's like is this a match anymore for what mm. I'm doing right now mm. and like do these ideologies mm. are they compatible right now in this way mm. and it's like if I'm doing something you know what I mean if I say you know I'm in CrossFit whatever like I'm not going home just for the Doritos because I have a goal and my goal is this thing and I think to your point right. like the goal right is like okay, how am I going to feel less shitty about myself? How am I going to transform this concept that I have fucked something up or failed at something or ruined something because I because my body changed, which it's supposed to do. You, cells divide every single moment of every, you know what I mean? Change, constant, only change. So, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's about, it's about, yeah. But I think too, I don't know if you were about to say this, but there, and maybe because we are a little bit different in this way, but... For me, it really is exclusively how I feel about myself, how I'm talking to myself, what I think about myself. But that also, I feel like I have so much agency in that way. I feel like I can really, and I'm an Aries mm. son, so like I really appreciate the challenge. What up, Aries Every sister? Challenge. What'd you say, Sugar? What up, Aries sister? Hey, see, I hey. saw it in you, and it's good, and it's and and we and we say thank you. Are you a, are you a Gemini? I'm just a mind? Cancer sun, <laughs> Cancer moon. Oh, okay. okay. What are I was wondering about astrology for the rest of y'all, or Katie and Lindsay? I am a double Sagittarius Capricorn. I see. You know, I see. I could if if gun to head, I probably could (laughs) have. Yeah, I feel like I might have guessed. Guessed on the hopefully. Hopefully, the bullet (laughs) wasn't. You want to guess mine? Okay, let's. Scared. Let's guess Katie. No, no. no. (laughs) I knew, I knew it. I knew it. What did I say? Did I just say Earth sign? I was like, I, was say I know this now. bitch is either a Capricorn or you a said Taurus I'm or something. She said I'm I was like, man, because it's hard yeah. when you're like, uh, I wasn't sure about the Aries yeah, though. I thought, I, could, I thought you could be a water sign, sugar. I wasn't quite sure. Okay. I just got back from Hawaii, so I don't know. I think the the Hawaii came back with me. <laughs> oh, that's real. There you go. Like literally, I got back yesterday. Um, I literally got back yesterday morning. I'm like riding that wave still. I'm just going to keep it in. But I'm actually a triple fire sign. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. But ironically, I'm cold all the time. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Something to explore. Well, that's the second, the second, the name of your second season on your podcast is, is, is a uh, is twas airy season? <laughs> it, uh, it's actually the first episode. Yeah. It's not the season. The whole season. No, it oh, was, it's just the first it was, episode. Twa- okay, because okay. twas airy season. season. But that does remind me of something I wanted to say earlier. Um, 
it was something that you said, Katie, about monogamy and how I know I'm really tracking it back, y'all. So this is, but um, yeah, it's, it's perfect. perfect. I really think that polyamory is not for everyone, and we we named our first season "Polyamory is Not for Everybody" because I'm like, if I wasn't, if my, if I didn't have Venus and Gemini, I would not be polyamorous. Probably, like I don't think that it is really for everybody. Like, I think yeah, that... that I I think it's totally reasonable to feel connection through... A, like, I think you... Can, I just think that all relationships are important and really mm-hmm. just knowing... Being honest with yourself and then being honest with other people mm-hmm. is so crucial. But that, that doesn't always mm-hmm. mean, like, that you have to have multiple partners and... I, I yeah. definitely yeah. don't think it means that at all. Or even but, have sex with them. Or even have sex, literally. Right. Sometimes I'm just not trying to fuck, though. I I feel like <laughs> the vast majority of the time, I'm actually not trying to fuck. Yeah. I, but right. I am, know, however, you pretty are much constantly trying to always. fuck. It's really a yeah. thing. Yeah. Ash is like, oh, I'm GTF. <laughs> you're, you're definitely not down with, I'm not down to fuck. It's you know it's it's it feels like a meditation honestly to be in part in primary partnership with somebody who wants so much less sex than me in a pandemic, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been a real oh, meditation. Yeah, I Sugar can totally relate. Oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> that's, that's I started taking some things on though. That like made a difference uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, what's one yeah. thing that's made a difference for you? So Sugar? giving what I'm wanting. Mm. Mm. So I feel like that's what you've been doing. Well, that's yeah. so that way, like I love physical touch. I'm like, touch me, I want to be sensual, yum mm-hmm. yum. And so yeah, I started on just being way more creating more of a sensual space for my partner. Like, hey, like, do you want a foot rub? I love, I love giving massages and I love foot rubs. So I'll be like, Do you want a foot rub? And then like him just relaxing and not having an expectation. Like, I'm not having an expectation. Like, if it's if it ends at the foot rub, it fucking ends at the foot rub. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not. I'm going to give him a foot rub so I can get yeah. something. And that, that like has been a practice for me for like a while around like expectations around sex. Something mm-hmm. he like vocalized to me like pretty early on, like two years into our, what is now a seven year relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, specifically um, give what I'm wanting with consent, of course. But, I think yeah. that's so wild. Cause I, re- I think I really do that very naturally. Like if I haven't had sex in a while and I'm feeling like I'm really yearning for it, I'll, yeah. I'll offer a full body massage. Yeah. You literally do. Yeah. Something I've been doing (laughs) with my partner is I I started really listening between the lines of how he wanted to Mm. be loved. So it's like, for me, I, you know, I want to be told I'm amazing and been taken out to romantic dinners. For him, it's like when he comes, when he comes over. Yeah, totally. Flatter me. Flattery will get you everywhere with me. (laughs) Um, For him, it's like when he comes over to my house if I have his favorite salt and pepper pistachio sitting next to the bed when yeah. he gets home late at night because he yeah. loves a snack. Like I did that for him the other day and he was like, I've never felt okay. so loved. I'm like, really? All it takes is pistachios? I'm going to stock up on this Aww. shit. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you guys are, I like, you're so good. I it, Here's like, you're so in touch with your pleasure and keeping it alive for yourselves, which is a huge theme for mm-hmm. us here at Plinjock. Mm-hmm. Um, what currently are some of your daily, weekly, monthly practices that you use to stay in your mm-hmm. pleasure? I masturbate constantly. Not constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's not even true. I masturbate. Yeah, I was Woo-hoo! like, do you masturbate constantly? 
four to five times a week. Yeah, me too. Daily. It's a lot more than I used to. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. Masturbation's a health conversation. Totally. Though, oh, hell yeah. So. We, yeah we're yeah, fans. <laughs> um, what else? I'll just finish mine out. Please. I smoke weed mm-hmm. every day. Me too. Um, we have a lot in common. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two for two. <laughs> and um, Aries. <laughs> let's see what else. I honestly, like, I limit my... And this is going to sound crazy because I am definitely an extrovert, but I limit my social interactions anymore because it's just true that it it's just draining after. Because I put so much into my work. I really care a great deal about my work and I spend a lot of time doing it and thinking about it and talking about it. And I love that. And if I were to also try to maintain the kinds of social interactions that I did in my 30s, I mean, excuse me, in my 20s, now in my 30s, I would keel over. Like, there's no way. There's just no way. And so I'm totally. sort of prioritizing this other thing and I feel great about it because I get a lot out of it and that's just what mm-hmm. I want to do right now. And I think that mm-hmm. too, though, mm-hmm. doing what I want to do, like really sitting with myself, understanding what that is and like choosing it. It's hard. Like you were talking, Jessamine, earlier about like saying the thing to your partner even when it's something they don't want to hear. And that's hard for me because I said I've always been poly, but I didn't always tell people I was poly. So that was a that's a nuance, you see. <laughs> that could be that there could was be another identity <laughs> that I held, which was a liar because I just yeah, mm-hmm. like you, I was unfaithful. I oh. lied a lot, and 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 it felt like self preservation to an extent, and that was sort of my mm. excuse, I think, for a very long time until it just didn't make any sense anymore, and I was just like. Why am I lying? And contrary to popular belief, maybe, who knows, actually, if people believe this, but it is really hard to stop if you are just habitually, like, not used to stopping saying the truth and thinking what the true thing is and then saying Mm -hmm. that instead of the first thing that comes to Mm -hmm. mind or the thing you think would make the person smile or whatever. So that was, like, maybe the last six or seven years I've been pretty actively working on that, and it is hard. And it's also hard to tell somebody, if you're a liar, that you're a liar, (laughs) But it's totally humbling. It's like a deep surrender immediately because then they'll always be like, they'll always have the right, reserve the right to be like, is that true? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are you and lying the to worst me? <laughs> thing for a liar to be asked if they're lying. I'll speak for myself. It, it, it has been the worst thing for me. But the best also at the same time because I think it really offers the opportunity and the spaciousness, the abundance to be like, I could just say the oh. truth right now. And I will. Well, if you, if you just tell on yourself, you're A, taking the significance right. out of it, and B, inviting your partner to like be in the game of accountability with you, like hold you accountable mm-hmm. and keep integrity as like a part of your, of your relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I'm, I'm taking you in and I'm thinking about the okay. question. Um, <laughs> I feel like the things that I do to prioritize my pleasure are really like, just being my own best partner, like doing the shit for myself that I really enjoy, like getting the soap that I love, taking the time. This has been revolutionary for me. And I have to thank Megan the Stallion, and I'm going to get to why. But <sighs> I, I take really long baths and showers And there's a lot of layers to it. And like, I need to do, there's just a lot of different steps that I like to do. How many steps would you say? I haven't. Is that rude to ask? uh, Okay, so this this is what I like to do. I like to exfoliate with, I like to wash two times with exfoliating gloves. Then I like to do a body scrub with a circular body, uh, like brush. brush. Then scrub, yeah. (laughs) And I like to like, 
spray my body clean with the handheld sprayer. And then I like to wash my face with cleanser. And then I like to wash it with an exfoliator. And then I like to brush my teeth and floss and do the <laughs> do mouthwash in, in the, the shower. shower. Then while I'm dripping wet, I like to put on body oil and then I like to seal it in with body balm. And that's before I actually do my skincare. So anyway, all of this shit takes a really long time. And mm-hmm. I also am very I mean, devoted to my work and really like care about getting to work on time and doing my things. And so there's a period of time where I was like, no, I need to be going faster and I need to, I need to do, I, I got to get rid of this step. And maybe I don't have time mm. to take a shower like that every day. And, you know, all, all these things and something this year in this way, I say thank you to the pandemic mm-hmm. for making me really recognize how important it is to take care of myself. But now I'm like, mm. you know what? This is just how long it takes for me to get ready. And if if I'm going to have my shit together, I have to do this. And I say thank you to Megan the Stallion because there's this video of her where she's getting ready to go to an event and she's like 15 minutes late and they're like, her her crew is telling her like, they're, we got to go. Like they're they're waiting on us. And she said, do they want the hot girl or do they want the not girl? And I think that every time that I'm taking a long time to get ready, I'm like, do they want the hot girl or do they want the not girl? And so I'm like, mm. the way that I'm prioritizing my pleasure is knowing that I have to take care of myself mm-hmm. to the best. I have to love on me in a way that literally no one else is going to love on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's how I can show up best mm. for other people. That's how I can show up best in this world. I love that. Do you want the hot girl or the, or the not, not girl? girl? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start saying that to my partner and be like, well, I girl. love that. <laughs> Do you want the you hot, want girl, the hot girl, or... girl or the hot girl? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that's amazing. And I, I love that both of these things are something that anybody can do. You know what I mean? It's not like you don't need any extra toys. It's you really are just talking about communication. Mm-hmm. And like prioritizing yourself. Like that's really is what it boils and down to. It really can't be understated. Hitachi magic wand oh, on deck yeah. at all times. One must <laughs> always be ready and pray to the altar of Hitachi. Mm-hmm. This is I agree. Pray to the altar of Hitachi. Yes. We're not disagreeing with you there. <laughs> we, we all have met. Ma- we call them our golden sex chest. It's like, because I've got yeah. a golden sex chest. I got a golden <laughs> sex chest. That is amazing. It is. I've got, yes, we have our golden vibrators in there. Um, well, thank you both so much for taking the time. Um, tell us a little bit about how people get in touch with you, um, what the kind of work you do, a little bit about your podcast. What is the best way for people to stay in touch with you? Because I'm sure they're going to watch it. Yeah, after totally. This. <laughs> you can find us on the podcast, Dear Jessamine, at dearjessamine.com. And you can find us literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we also work together on a lot of different creative projects that you can find on social media. Uh, You can find Ash at Tenderfire Media and at Ash Danger Phoenix. You can find me at My Name is Jessamine. You can also find my yoga studio, The Underbelly, at The Underbelly Yoga. And you can try a two-week free trial of The Underbelly at theunderbelly.com. You can also find our cannabis justice organization, We Go High North Carolina at wegohigh.info and on social media at wegohighnc. And just, you know, since we're here and and this is my time to shameless plug, you can find my books. You can find my book, Everybody Yoga, and my new book, Yoke, My Yoga of Self-Acceptance, out this summer, literally anywhere the books are sold. Did I cover everything? Is that all the yeah. things? Yeah. 
That's all the things. Thank y'all so well, much for having us. Thank you this was so, so much. Wow. This yeah. was a scene yeah. again on so our much. on our turf, our block. Yes, Come we're gonna on go on your, on your on your on your show. Baby. Come okay. on over, come on over, babe. I thought okay. we were going to all harmonious. Oh, boy, don't you know you've been sending good for me, yeah. Man, Christina, no, where are you house. at? Uh, oh, the is you. That was a classic. <laughs> where is she? She's chilling. No, I mean, she, she, she definitely, so. she brought Dirty back before I even Listen, knew Dirty I was. I used to get so my whole life to shrink the album. I want to, you know what? Let me not even say Because oh, yeah. uh, I was like, I think I had a password to it. Say something. No, say it. This is Clip it's, Talk. Uh, it was an iconic <laughs> album for me. And I can do a whole track rundown if we need to. But we don't. Y'all are real and dope. See you next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so when we first did our podcast, we did this thing called the Pussy Chant, and it, we kind of retired it for a while, and we've been getting letters from our clitorati to bring the Pussy Chant back, and it's basically probably what you're imagining. Good. So will yeah. you guys yes. be willing to do the Pussy Chant with us to end this episode up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. I'm here on, we go. on the so edge of my seat. Pussy. I'm honored. Pussy. Just say pussy. Pussy, pussy, pussy. Pussy, pussy, pussy. 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 Yeah. All right. And with that clitorati, that's the pussy chant. And with that clitorati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye.